Hey there and welcome to the Ultimate Booking Podcast, the podcast where I take storylines and events within the world of professional wrestling and book them differently, or book them the way that I would book them, whether they've already been done before or maybe it's a storyline or an event that's been set up to happen. Quite like this one that I'm going to do now for the first episode, WrestleMania 32. See, what really makes this event interesting is the fact that the WWE has never been so much of an underdog. They're the biggest wrestling promotion, yet the biggest stars are out of action and they failed to make those new main event caliber stars that the fans want to see headline WrestleMania and make it the success it should be. So I'm going to book WrestleMania the way that I would book it with the limited roster that is available to me. So let's just get to it. So we're going to begin with the pre-show because apparently a musical performance is far more important than wrestling. But anyway, we're going to start off with a triple threat match between Naomi, Becky Lynch and Paige. So I was thinking of including B. I was thinking of including Blee Bella in this here. But I decided not to because one, I'm not really a fan, and two, she's probably going to get beat at Fastlane anyway. So I don't think that she'll just get this next opportunity. Maybe the one after though. So we have to uh, remember that uh, this is still WrestleMania. It may be the pre-show, but it's still WrestleMania. And I want every match on this card to mean something. There needs to be a reason for this triple threat match to be underway. And the reason why this will be on the way is for the number one contenders for the Women's Championship. Notice I didn't say Divas Championship, and I'll explain more later. I like it when matches have a meaning. I, I want to know why these people are competing in the ring, and this is going to be that reason. So Naomi is going to pin Paige to win this triple threat match. And that maybe begins to bring a wee bit more heat surrounding that rivalry that they had before when Naomi turned on Paige just think that we can continue a story somewhere else but in the meanwhile this can continue uh, and Naomi Fickery can continue the storyline between her and Sasha Banks once again I will will explain more later so we're going to continue on with the next match on the play show and that is going to be a tag team match and it's going to be between the Dudley Boys and the Usos. Now, once again, I want every match on this card to mean something. So, how am I going to make this mean something? It's going to be a number one contendership for the Tag Team Championship. So, the thing is, uh, there was an angle on Raw last week where the Dudleys attack the Usos. Now, I'm recording this on the 14th of February, so it's just before where I understand that uh, things may change this week and more, but just keep that in mind. So, but I think if it's booked right, this has the potential to become a heat-up rival. And I think if booked right, it can happen in the pre-show at WrestleMania in a number one contendership match. So... Let's just get on with the result. The Dudleys are going to win. Although they've already done everything 
as far as the tag team division goes in WWE anyway. I still want them to pick up the win and I want them to continue on building up the heat as heels. And the thing is, somewhere down the line you can split up the Dudley boys and give Bubba Ray a chance to compete by himself. If you ever watched him in TNA, he's fantastic by himself. But just keep in mind the Dudleys is going to win this and you'll see why I want the Dudleys to win later on in the tag team match on the main WrestleMania card. But uh, we come to the uh, third and final match on the play show and it's going to be a number one contendership match yet again for the NXT title. Okay, so yes it's a number one contendership match, why isn't it a championship match? Well it was simple. Finn Balor will be competing the night before defending his championship at uh, NXT Dallas. And that's why we're not going to put the title on the line. But I still want NXT to be represented. It's important to represent NXT. Finn Balor will be at ringside on the commentary team, uh, at the commentary desk. And we'll have to wait until next year to compete at the big one. But this is what's going to happen at this one. Baron Corbin is going to take on Apollo Crews. And I'm going to get straight to it. Apollo Crews wins. You know why? Because Baron Corbin... Baron Corbin, apologies, just isn't good enough. And he knows he's not good enough. He keeps on getting so close to getting to that title, yet he just isn't good enough. He can't get the title. From now on in, going into the summer months, he just beats up guys because he knows he isn't good enough. He can't beat Samoa Joe. He can't beat Apollo Crews by himself. He He knows that he isn't good enough. I think that's a pretty cool motivation to go down. So Paul Cruz wins at uh, wins this match and gets another shot at the NXT title, which we can then give him at the next takeover event. But now we're gonna go to the main show. The fireworks has gone off and the national anthem has been sung. And the main show is gonna be for the US title because I like that title. Okay, so this match is going to be pushing the US title towards being a more athletically speed-built title, I guess you could say. And this match will be an elimination match, a five-way elimination match between Kalisto, Tyler Breeze, Sin Cara, Neville and Kofi Kingston. So this is going to be a very fast-paced match between these five competitors. And we can steal the US title on this year, more fast-paced style of wrestling. Because if the IC title gets more technically based, why not help define the US title and give it that division? Now, before I say the result of this match, uh, it's been rumoured for uh, about a month now that the WWE uh, are going to be making a new show, a new cruiserweight-based show. And I really hope it's true, and this is where this comes in now. They announced this before the match starts, that this will be taking place. And Kalisto is the first entry into the tournament to win the Cruiserweight Championship. Because although it's rumoured that it's going to be based more around indie guys, I want a WWE representation there. And maybe I'll do a podcast based on how I think this tournament should go. But Kalisto is announced as the first entrance into it as the WWE represents representative and the face 
of this show, at least for the first few months of the show. Or so, sorry. I would use Callisto and help build momentum towards this new show. Now, keep that in mind as I discuss the result of this match. So, the first person to be eliminated is going to be Sin Cara. Now, before this match starts, straight after the last segment, maybe we see them backstage and they're like, you know, we, we might have to pin each other, but just remember that we're still Lucha Dragons, you know, something along those lines. But then, the, but Kalisto eliminates Sin Cara. He pins him. Sin Cara leaves the ring angry. He's kicking the post, uh, he's kicking the steps, he's kicking the barcade, he's angry. The next person to be eliminated will be by Tyler Blaze. Kofi Kingston will then be eliminated by Tyler Blaze. Kalisto takes his opportunity, performs a Salita del Sol and pins Tyler Blaze, but he doesn't get the win because in a rage, Sin Cara pulls the referee out of the ring and beats up Kalisto where he has his chance. He gets out of the ring. And Tyler Breeze takes his takes uh, his shot. He uses the beauty shot, the beauty shot, and is able to get the win and becomes the new US champion. Okay, so what this does is we can back up the Lucha Dragons because the thing is with Kalisto, he is gonna be the quote unquote new Rey Mysterio, and he's gonna be the most loved and is the most loved Luchador in the WWE. He's probably gonna be more loved than Rey Mysterio. As a, but he needs to do this as a singles competitor. Now, Kalisto can feud with Sin Cara, and he will no longer be the US champion at this point, but that can allow him to do that easy transition, transition into the Cruiserweight show without having to defend the US title every week on Raw. He can go on to win the tournament and hold the title for a while, but he can still appear on Raw and SmackDown every couple of weeks or so as the Cruiserweight Champion, building up intrigue for the show. Now Tyler can build heel heat for cheating to win the US title, and he can compete against the likes of Nero, Segler and Sami Zayn in the coming months. The US title match will then be followed by the Intercontinental title match between Chris Jericho and Dean Ambrose. So this is a story waiting to be told since Night of Champions. Why not end the story? with a potential instant classic match at WrestleMania. Have Jericho turn full heel, have his sights on the IC title. It's a simple story. Jericho wants the title. He wants to be a 10-time Intercontinental Champion. And Dean Ambrose has the title. That's why they're wrestling. The story doesn't have to be complicated. And I actually would have Jericho win the IC Champion. Give him one last run as the champion. Why not? Just give him his 10th championship run. Give the WWE a record, a nice round record that the performers can try and break within the coming decade or so. Ambrose can then move on to bigger and better things. And in the summer months, Jericho can drop the title maybe to his styles, which is another unfinished story. The next match on my card is going to be the Tag Team Championship match. See, the thing is with this alternate universe, the New Day don't have an announced opponent. They beat everyone that they can. They've went over their tag team division multiple times. They've beat the Lucha Dragons. They've beat the Dudleys. They've beat the Usos. They've done it all. They've beat everyone. So they come down to the ring and they issue an open challenge to any team in the back that thinks they can win. 
and Enzo Amoy and Big Cass's music hits and they come out and they do their thing with a hundred thousand fans joining in. They come down to the ring and the New Day start to build up heat for the match by talking about how Enzo and Cass never won the Tag Team Championships in the NXT. But then the match gets underway and it's going to be Xavier and Biggie as Kofi has already competed before. I'll cut straight to it, it's going to be Enzo and Cass going over against the New Day. Because we all want it to happen, so why not have it happen at WrestleMania? What a big first impression this would be. The first time winning the Tag Team Championships and it's the WWE Tag Team Championships, not the NXT Tag Team Championships. So let's move on from that one. And we're going to talk about the Women's Championship now. Notice I said Women's Championship as I did before earlier on at the start of the podcast. So this match would not be for the Divas Championship because that championship would be retired. I will be reinstating the Women's Championship at the end of this match. At the end of what has potentially uh, the greatest women's match in WrestleMania history. And it needs to go down at this year's Mania. I mentioned before that the other women uh, were competing in a number one contendership match for the Women's Championship. And uh, it's just important to keep that in mind for the end of this match. So this match was actually teased back in the Royal Rumble when Sasha came out and made her return to uh, her on-screen return. And finally came back into the women's division after an absence because Vince McMahon. Unlike the Dean Ambrose and Y2J match, this wouldn't necessarily finish off the story, really it's just the beginning of a story waiting to span 10 years, along with the additions of Becky Lynch and Bailey, of course. At the end of the match, Lita would come down and present the winner with, which in this case would be Sasha, with the reinstated Women's Championship belt. This would then begin the women's revolution with Sasha, Charlotte, Becky Lynch, Bailey. And of course Natalia at the forefront. Sasha then can then go on to Extreme Rules to face Naomi. Becky Lynch somewhere down the line I'm sure Bailey will be up soon enough too. This would be the real revolution it wouldn't be a David's revolution. Now we're going to move on to the next match of the night. Which is going to be for the Money in the Bank uh, briefcase. And also because it's on pay-per-view and all that but the Money in the Bank belongs at WrestleMania. It's a freaking golden ticket to win the World Heavyweight Championship. It needs to happen at Mania. The competitors in this match is going to be Alberto Del Rio, Sheamus, Damian Sandow because I quite like him, Weird Barrett, uh, Cody Rhodes because I don't want Stardust to be there, and also AJ Styles. So at the start of this match, the League of Nations are on the same side. They stomp on everyone. AJ, Cody and Damien are all being teamed up against at various points in the match by the League of Nations who use multiple tag team manoeuvres to keep their opponents down. They suplex Damien onto AJ, powerbomb AJ onto Cody Rhodes and slam Cody Rhodes onto Sander. You know, that type of stuff like that. This all happens within the first 15 minutes of the match. That is until a brittle de wheel tries to win the briefcase. And the cracks begin to show. Within this match, the League of Nations have disbanded the Sith Man for themselves. They were able to work together, but not when it came to the real 
this might be the best thing to get the prize, to get the briefcase, to get that golden ticket. Now Cody Rhodes, Sandow and AJ Styles are able to get back up to the feet. Cody Rhodes and Sandow team up to take out Sheamus and AJ takes out Red Barrett and Alberto Del Rio because he's just that good. The three are in the ring, one ladder is in the middle and it's a blow to the top. Cody's the first to get there but he's pushed off by Sandow. AJ quickly gets up to the top and there's a blow. Cody Rhodes is able to get back to his feet but instead of going up the ladder again, he grabs onto the ladder. AJ Styles holds onto the briefcase, he grabs it, he's holding onto it. Cody Rhodes tipped over the ladder, Sandow falls with it. But AJ Styles is holding onto the briefcase. And somehow he's able to unhook it and retrieve the briefcase and falls to the canvas as the new Money in the Bank briefcase winner. Okay, so I know that there had been rumours that Dean Ambrose is going up against Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. But I'd much rather see this one. I'd much rather see Brock Lesnar versus Bray Wyatt. This is a story that needs to be told. It began at the Royal Rumble when the Wyatt family were all eliminated by Lesnar, but then still eliminate Lesnar. This is a match that can shoot the Wyatt family straight to superstar with heel heat. So the story begins at the Royal Rumble and then it continues again when the Wyatt family screw him out of the number one contendership match at Fastlane. Lesnar's angered, he calls him out. He wants his revenge and they come but it doesn't end well for Lesnar. Let's fast forward to WrestleMania now. Here's the thing, Blayback has been booked to piss this last year. He can't beat Lesnar and the fans know it, the small crowd knows it. This is where we can get the heat. So Lesnar and Bray Wyatt are about to are in the ring and Lesnar is about to perform the F5. Out of nowhere, the Wyatt family come. They take out the referee, they gang up against Lesnar and they destroy him. He can't move after this. Minutes pass and he's getting back up to his feet. But he's met by Bray Wyatt. He performs the sister Abigail and plants his face straight into the canvas and gets the pinfall when the referee the crowd boo the wires out of the building. And this is where they get real heel heat from. Over the next year then WWE can then book the Wyatt family as the monster heels of the WWE and become one of the most devastating forces the WWE has ever seen. So the storyline for this match begins a few weeks before WrestleMania. The Undertaker comes out to the ring, takes his hat off and he hangs it over the ring post. He has a mic in hand and says something like, even the immortal face the final battle. I've done it all here. I've held the streak for more than two decades. Held the tag team championships and I'm a seven time world champion. Perhaps my greatest achievement though is my quarter of a century long career in the WWE. But even the immortal face the final battle. And mine will come at WrestleMania. I challenge he who dares to come down to this ring. Come into my graveyard. Look me straight in the eyes. And I dare you to wrestle me for my final battle. Of course it'll be more Undertaker-esque. But Kevin Owens' music hits. He comes down to the ring. He looks straight in the eye. He says something like I'll destroy you or something like that. Something that Kevin Owens would say. But then he takes a cheap shot. He pushes him against the ropes and pop up power bombs to take her. Now let's fast forward to WrestleMania. 
Kevin Owens comes out first. The Taker then comes out with his grand entrance. He walks down the ramp and he passes 22 coffins. All of them are closed bar two. Lesnar's and Owens. At the bottom of the ramp there's one more coffin, one more casket. It's the most grand of them all. It's fit for a king, it's Taker's. He puts his hand on it. He takes his hat off and he sets it on the coffin and sets it on the casket. So I spent hours thinking about the outcome of this match and I'm still not 100% sure on it uh, just before the calling of this. See the thing is, Tech is old school. He wants to go on a loss. I truly, honestly believe that. But on the other hand, he gave WWE the streak, his streak. Isn't that enough to give? But even during recording this, I was always thinking about the result of this match. And I finally came up with one. It's one that can generate heel heat for Kevin Owens. And maybe he can become the greatest heel in the company's history. But I think that Owens needs the win. At the end of the match, Tekka's Druids. I apologise if I'm botching that. Tekka's Druids get the casket. They set it to the side of the ring. The organ music plays. And they roll Tekka into it. They go to close it, but it's stopped at the last minute by Tekka's hand. He leaves it open, taking it all in for one last time, one last moment. And he closes it, and the druids carry the casket to the top of the ramp, onto the stage. They set it up so it's facing the fans, it's sort of set up so it's setting up straight. The music fades out as the lights fade, and lightning strikes the casket. The flame goes out though pretty quickly. The lights are still out at this point there. Wait for a few more minutes, and then Tegas music begins to play, very lightly. It's a piano. That's all it is, it's just the original piano music. The lights fade back on, and there's nothing left there. The coffins are gone, the casket's gone. There's only three things left. Tegas hat hanging on the ring post, a motorcycle on the ramp, and an urn in the place of the casket. So, for the main event, I thought about this, and I thought, I gonna go with the main event that we all know that we're gonna get. Roman Reigns versus Triple H for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. But I think I have a way that WWE can make it work. And it's not difficult really. Roman Reigns gets accompanied down to the ring by his cousin Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Triple H gets his entrance as well which is more like a rock opera. Roman Reigns and Triple H have a 30 minute odd long match and comes down to the, uh, the two of them in the ring. No one else, it's just them two. Until DX's music plays, they try and interfere. Because WWE like it, nostalgia. DX comes down to the bottom of the ramp and they're met by The Rock. He's just kind of standing there. But then that's when they rethink all of their life choices and they leave, they just leave. There's no conflict between them, they just leave. But Triple H is furious. He's calling them to come back down and help him, but they don't. Triple H turns around and he's met by a Superman punch. He gets up and another one. He gets up and another one. He gets up one last time, but he's not met by a Superman punch. He's met by a spear. One, two, three, the match is over. Roman Reigns wins the World Heavyweight Championship. He, he does it, he wins it, but the fans boo. They're not happy. Until the rock gets into the ring and he holds up his hand and they cheer. Roman Reigns kind of looks at the rock like they're not cheering for me, they don't care about me, they just care about you. You've had your time, you're trying to take my spotlight the way that you tried to take my spotlight at last year's Royal Rumble. Well, no more. 
he superman punches the rock and turns heel and WrestleMania ends. Thanks very much for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it and planning it out. I really like doing these alternative booking ideas and I would like to do more podcasts like this. So I hope that this one is a success and if it is, maybe I'll do more in the future. If you'd like to let me know uh, what you thought of this, you can email me at alternatebooking at gmail.com.